Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Time decisions begins now. Get on the grid. I am Gabriel Morenci, and I'm on the grid, and so is my main man, the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. Let's do this thing, Cam. It's fight week. I've got my uh, big fight uh, night uh, shirt on uh, yeah. right now. This is what I bust out for Kentucky derbies and uh, big boxing matches, but I'm feeling it. I'm excited to have the UFC back uh, yeah. this week. We've got <laughs> NASCAR need- coming back around the corner. <laughs> All you need, Gabe, a big fat cigar, a fedora, and some tickets in your hand, baby. It's the betting shirt. <laughs> yeah, well, I tell you what, I think uh, I might have to get a fedora for the for the summer, actually, to protect my uh, my bald head. <laughs> um, so one thing I like I like to get out and do, actually, I'm I'm in the market, actually, Cam. I want to sort of get like the bucket hat. Oh yeah, yeah. With the with the sort of face guard hanging off of it. Uh, I've seen them online. They're pretty cool. They're, they're, they're pretty cool. And, of course, all the teams are already making team masks now. And it's already an industry, Kev. You can get Joker masks. You can, you can like, look like whoever the hell you want. Like, they have Donald Trump masks. Like, uh, like you, you name it. Surprisingly yeah. enough, the Hillary Clintons, it's not a big seller. <laughs> yeah, it's like your boy Carton with the NFL Band-Aids. Now we can get NFL masks. You're right. I got to get the, a stack of Seahawk masks on order. Looking pretty, pretty sharp. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty crazy. I was sitting there with Craig Carton one morning, and um, I look over, and he's got like some Philadelphia Eagle band aids. Yeah, I know. I got. And I told him, I said, "It's pretty cool. I've never seen that uh, before." He goes, "Yeah, yeah, it's my company. I invented the idea." <laughs> if he was here right now, he'd already have the mask on the street. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, he's pretty savvy. I got those band aids. I remember when I went to visit you, they were cleaning out the cleaning out the area, right, Gabe? None of the shirts fit me, but I got a couple packs of Philadelphia Eagles band aids. They're great when you cut yourself shaving. <laughs> really? They work good. They're good band aids. Uh, genius. So, so the uh, the National Football League uh, going to re- release a schedule uh, shortly in the upcoming uh, days, uh, although. It's the schedule as planned, essentially. So they're not, they haven't adjusted for anything. They're just going to release their schedule as planned. Uh, but I've always been a big fan of Peter King. And uh, Peter King took a step back uh, from NBC being on TV all the time, but he still writes a, a column once a week. And it's great stuff. And he does a podcast. And you know as well as I do, Cam, no one's more in touch with the National Football League than Peter King is, right? Like P- P- Peter King, he talks to everyone, he talks to owners. He talks to GMs. Everyone likes him, right? He talks to coaches. He talks to players. So he talks to everybody. And Peter King was talking about how the schedule is going to come out. uh, But there are a lot of people that think that it's going to start sort of October 8th. So that that really does seem to be a a common theme here. Last week, we heard October 13th or so. Now we're hearing October 8th. They don't think they can do it in September. Everything's going to be pushed back a little bit. And then... They would start just like week five, and then they would play weeks one through four after they went through after week five, if you know what I mean. Um, there'd be no fans. So this is, you know, obviously there's going to be no fans, but something that I found interesting and uh, kind of scary, Cam, moving forward, no no alcohol sales. Exactly. Like when no, they that- bring fans back, <laughs> it's too dangerous. Get yeah. out drunk people. Screw you. I'm not wearing a mask. Guys yeah. like spilling beer, fighting. 
Oh, yeah, it's a nightmare. Like, it's actually on the table. They're like, yeah, even if we bring fans back in a limited capacity, we don't see selling alcohol. It's a recipe for disaster, which people already didn't like going to games, uh, as it was. But we'll continue this uh, conversation um, about uh, Peter King and the future of the National uh, Football uh, League as uh, we want to welcome everybody tuning in on SB Nation Radio, the loudest station in the nation. I am Gabriel Barenci, throwing it down with the Raging Redhead. Cam Stewart, shout out to King Ganja, listening in Dallas, Texas. Uh, pretty cool. I got a shout out online. Somebody said, yo, Marenzi, I was driving uh, I was driving my car and I heard you doing a radio promo uh, on, um, you know, on the radio. He goes freaking fired up to drive around Dallas and listen to you guys. So shout out to Dallas, Texas. Uh, we're going to talk some cowboy uh, football. Well, we pretty much talk cowboy football every day because we Jerry do. Jones wants it that way. <laughs> <laughs> he likes it that way. That's why that's why he does the things that he does. George Kurtz uh, will join us. And uh, for those of you uh, tuning in in Texas, uh, we're broadcasting out of New York right now. Although we go up and down the dial, we'll bounce around um, this summer. Uh, but right now we're in the New York area and we have been. And I'll tell you what, Cowboy Nation, there's a ton of cowboy fans out here. All right, ton of cowboy fans. Um, they're all front runners. They don't want to admit it, but they're all <laughs> front runners. All right, because and, I, and all these people are Dallas Cowboy fans in New York. There's a ton of them, man. There's a freaking ton of them. And you know why they're cowboy fans? Oh, because the Giants weren't good in the 70s, right? Oh, the Giants. But whoa, you're Yankee fans, right? If you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, how come you're not a Texas Ranger fan too, Kurtz? I'm gonna go after him. And remember, I called Kurtz a front runner. Because uh, he's an Islander fan. And he said, how can you call me a front-runner for being a New York Islander fan? I said, when you grew up, they were good. Yeah, exactly. All the you know, think about, about it. Yeah, yeah Kurt said Yankees, Islanders, yeah. Cowboys, yeah. all good when he grew up. He's a front-runner. Yeah, buddy. When I was a I'm a Bills fan. They <laughs> suck then. They suck now. Me too and the Seahawks. I'm like, wow, the Seahawks <laughs> got a game on versus Denver and John Elway on TV. Like, they were horrible for years, Verenci. Remember they had Kelly Kelly Gelbaugh, too? Like, uh, Stan Gelbaugh, 2-14, and 14, went to the World Football League. Kelly Stouffer's frozen dinners. They had some real doozies. They had some real bad Seahawks teams. That's the thing, man. I like this team when they're the worst in the league. Then they got good. I hate the new Seahawks fans. They suck. Bandwagon I jumpers. I remember growing up, actually, like the, the biggest accomplishment ever the Seahawks ever did was like lose to the Raiders in a playoff game once. Yes, I, yes, that's right. <laughs> championship game. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to be harsh, but it's true, though. Like they were they were really like one of the most irrelevant franchises. Like in that in those days. True. It was like like you said, like you you, you were pretty unique growing up in that era of being a Seahawks because they never won. They weren't really ever on TV. They never really even had any like cool like big time players. You know, and then it's Steve Largent, Kurt with the old reliable white wide receiver. <laughs> SportsGrid.com: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, twenty four seven, as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering: real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Line up, ladies! The early line. No fans, right, Dan? But, you know, local municipal golf courses all around, uh, even the state of Florida here today, are going to be packed with people in their own carts doing what they were going to do anyway if they were playing golf, which is shoot 120. So who are we kidding? 
after all sorts of contraptions, Joe, you what? know, where they put sand in the holes where it doesn't, you know, what? you don't have to dig all the way in. The Sports Grid Network. Game Time Decisions continues. I am Daniel Bretzi. Pulling it down on SB Nation Radio. Get on the grid at Sports Grid. You can find me on Twitter at Sports Rage. You can find my main man, the Raging Red and Cam Stewart at Cam Stewart Live. Both me and Cam were in good mood before the show started. We were able to maintain our positivity over the next uh, couple hours. we got a busy show, actually. George Kurtz is going to step up. and We talked about Kurtz earlier. Uh, Dallas Cowboys rapping, a lot of Cowboy talk. And uh, we'll talk some NFC East uh, football with Kevin Walsh. Oh, there we Kevin go. Kevin Walsh. Ah, ah, Eagle fan. Eagle yeah, so, and Cowboy. <laughs> yeah, so we have some <laughs> NFC East uh, talk on the program. So I want to take a look at the quarterback situation um, in this division now. We'll take a look at the odds uh, as well in this uh, division. We were just talking about Peter King's uh, column about the future of um, the National Football League. And, you know, the thought process is even when they start to filter fans back in that alcohol is not a good idea. Yeah, and, yeah. I, you know, I, I can see why, actually. There'll be a lot of people lingering. And let's just be real, myself included. People do stupid things after too many drinks. Yeah, not and just especially, that. Yeah, especially not, now in today's climate. It's not smart. Yeah. And not, it's not just that. Think about so you have too many drinks. You also think about the, the, sanitary, the sanitary aspects of a washroom. You got to wash your hands after after you go to the bathroom. The taps. What are you going to do? Have a guy with about ten thousand Lysol wipes there? Okay, wash your hands. Get it down. Don't want to touch that tap. So every time somebody uses the taps, they're they're going to have to wipe them down. Think about that. Alcohol and increase is going to the bathroom instead of maybe going once or twice during exactly. a game. You might go. You might go six to ten times. Trust me, Gabe. We're we're experts on alcohol. I don't have to tell anybody. Hey, listen, exactly. or, or sports grid that we know alcohol. And nobody loves alcohol like we <laughs> well, like, do. Like, yeah, so like I know every little saying, thing. Yeah. <laughs> I know alcohol and having more beer, especially beer. Beer is one of those drinks that you're going to the bathroom all the time. Yes, it's, 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 I hate to say it too. It's good for, you have to think about people and safety. I hate it without alcohol because I like to have a good time, but it's the right decision. Well, people are already starting to go to games less as it was. I did a, um, I did a, a conference, a speaking engagement with some pretty heavy hitters, actually. It was like, like Adam Kaplan, the head of FanDuel, the head of the National Hockey League, digital marketing and TV yeah. strategy. George, like, you know, real football coach, I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, real, I've been big on the, on the talking circuit. So I was the moderator, and they were talking, actually. The NHL was talking about how the TV experience is so good, it actually is going to be a problem moving forward because they, they made the TV broadcast so, so good that, you know, people, they don't see a need to go. And, you know, you read polls out there. People aren't really in a hurry. And, you know, the thing is, the people that, and I get, you know, a lot of people on Twitter are like, oh, Marinci, you're soft. I'll go in the first game, whatever. These are the type of people that never got tested, that have it, that are running around with it and stuff, right? Like, because the, the type of people that are willing to go get drunk at a Giants game right now <laughs> are crazy, crazy people uh, to begin with. Uh, so speaking of crazy people, UFC, UFC, the UFC is back. Uh, this week, and similar to NASCAR, um, we've got a lot on our plate coming up, uh, guys. So sports really are uh, coming back right now. And I'm interested to ask you, Ken, because uh, me and Lou from Gamblue.com talked about this last week. You're going to have a lot of people that don't generally bet on the UFC. Uh, they're going to be betting on this card. It's going to be on national television. People are going to, um, you know, people are going to tune in uh, for this, and you know, the numbers are going to be massive, and because it's the only show in town. 
So a lot of casual people. Now, you bet the UFC. I won't really call you a casual. No, I'm a little UFC. bit more than casual, yeah. and I watch UFC. Like, I'm going to tell you something about uh, my girlfriend, Lisa. It's her, it's probably her favorite, Gabe. I told you, she doesn't like, she doesn't care about the NBA, doesn't really care about football, doesn't really care about hockey, all individual sports. She loves people getting punched in the face. But she's a good she, tennis handicapper, yeah, too. She likes te yeah, very, tennis is her favorite, and UFC, and I've gotten her into golf. She likes individual stuff, and uh, we watch the cards. And I've got to tell you, Gabe, I was watching that. It's going to be a fantastic card, and I see some betting opportunities. I know we're going to go through the picks, but I bet the cards not as much as you and Gamble, but, like, uh, for for instance, you got Donald the Cowboy Cerrone. What's his what's his motivation now? You know what I mean? It's one of those things, like, some guys are at the end of the rope, and then you're fighting a guy like Anthony Pettis. Sure, he's lost a couple fights, but he looked good in those losses. It's kind of like a horse race. Sometimes you got to throw out that race. Did he come out of the blocks properly? No, he got banged. So I'm going to actually probably make some bets a lot earlier than I think before. I'm going to look which way the lines are going to move. And I'm going to tell you this, Gabe, this is very important. If you like something now and you think it's going to go, that line could go from 140 to 190, like overnight. You've seen it. We saw it with the uh, Kentucky Derby, Sims, and all the other stuff. These Now that there's very little sports to bet on, numbers are really moving. It's a fluid, fast market. And if you like something and you think it's going to change, get on it. Yeah, very good call by you. Good eye, actually, to single out that fight first. Uh, because I agree with everything you stated, especially now the Cowboy Cerrone. And Cowboy Cerrone is somebody that both me and Cam know. Yeah, uh, know well. Remember that crazy night at Mandalay Bay uh, probably about, I don't know, 12 years ago? <laughs> it, was, it was a while ago. You know what I mean? 10 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever. Um, Cowboy Cerrone, we were doing a live uh, show Great the UFC. Job, it might have been like, UFC 100 week. I don't know what it was. It was I one gotta, of the big, yeah. Might I gotta have been tell the you, Gabe, I got to tell you, and for people who don't know Marenzi, like, you were getting UFC guests that were like the top of the food chain like 10 to 15 years ago. Like, think about it. What kind of guys say, hey, yeah, we're hanging out with Chuck Liddell, Frank Mir, uh, Heath Herring, all the guys. Like, it was like a who's who. Uriah Faber yeah. comes in to do the show with us with Cass on. He's like, oh, I'm using a bottle of Gatorade to drive. Well, we were spoiled back then. Those <laughs> well, nights. You never get that now. The sport is different. Never, never. The bigger names. Like, Conor McGregor's not getting drunk at Mandalay Bay live on, on, on the radio now. You know what I mean? So... But I'll never forget that night we were there. You remember, Cowboy Cerrone was fighting the next night. Correct. And he came on the show. <laughs> and even I thought, I was like, man, he should be in the room. But uh, he went to see Joe Rogan, right? So he went to see Joe Rogan the night before. But my point is, we all know Cowboy Cerrone has been around forever, guys. All right? He's been around forever. Let us not forget. He didn't make as much money as I thought he was going to against Conor McGregor, but he still made bigger money than he normally does. You called it, Ken. He's, he's at the end here right now. For him, it's just every time, all right, it's another 150K. It's another 250K. He doesn't live an extravagant lifestyle, this guy. He's an outdoorsman, right? He rides ATVs, yeah, he mountain he climbs, like horses. Like, he's literally a farm, you know, kid. He's a heart. cowboy. He's a cowboy. <laughs> yeah. he, he lives like a cowboy. Yes, he does. Right? So he doesn't need, you know, he, he's, you know, he sails and stuff. He doesn't need, he's an, he's an adventurous. So he doesn't need a ton of money, really. So, that, you know, the money that he gets is pretty good. He'll show up to fight, but I think it's a bad matchup for him. As you mentioned, I thought Anthony Pettis kind of hit a wall early in his career. I don't know why. I don't know what it is because the kid is, like, amongst the most talented guys out there. And he had that famous, like, knockout of Benson Henderson off the fence right when he yep. jumped off the fence and kicked him in the head. Yeah. And he was literally on a box of Wheaties. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, he was that big. He was on a box of Wheaties. And I don't know if it got to him a little bit. And let's just be real. The thing with Anthony Pettis is his biggest weakness always has been he's not a good wrestler, Ken. 
Like, he's flashy, man. He can do a spinning back kick, kick you in the face. He can jump off the fence with some weird leg kick that no one ever did before. Like, he's very athletic. Um, but you can take him down. And, you know, his losses are generally from people that can wrestle with him. He's gotten better at the takedown defense. Cowboy can wrestle, but he really won't. You know what I mean? Cowboy will get lulled into whatever Pettis wants him to do at this point, I think. And I think Pettis already beat him. I think Pettis can beat him again. And I think he will. Good call by you. And I think it's a fair price right now. Minus 140 at FanDuel right now. Yeah, I, I can tell you, Gabe, it's one of those things. I think it's probably going to go to, what do you think? A buck 75, 80? I don't know. Like, I'm just making a prediction. Like, the horse race, Charlatan was even, and then that horse goes off at two to five. The same thing. Like, you got to be smart. And that's the thing. When there's not a lot of sports on, you said it. The casual guy, Joe Sixpack, is going to go, hey, I'm betting on every UFC. So, you know... There's but I don't know if they're going to bet on the favorite or the underdog. That's what I want yeah, to ask you. Are you yeah. more attracted to the dogs or the favorites? Oh, in that fight, actually, it's funny. That fight, I like the favorite, but uh, a tease. I might bet against our boy Hardy in that fight, too. I'm saying you're you're up against a guy that's very, very good who can knock you out at plus 200. So there's some dogs and some favorites, Gabe. Mixed bag for me. Yeah, well, that's the thing. When you get into, um, when you get into heavyweight fights, it's, it's always worth taking a look at the underdog, if you can. If you can make a case for the underdog, you know, there, there's a reason to do it when you get big dudes uh, like that. You know, Hardy, Hardy's coming off a loss. He was taught a lesson. He was in there against a Russian guy that was, like, much more experienced than he was. And we give credit. Hardy, Hardy's getting good at it. Like, he's not, you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's taking his time. He's training hard. There's just always controversy around him. What a surprise. Yeah. There's always controversy around him. He lost once because he uh, legally uh, kneed a guy in the face. Um, he was winning the fight, too, which was stupid, but he ended up you know, getting a disqualification loss. And another time, he breathed like uh, he took air in between rounds with like an inhaler, which you're not allowed to do. You can't do that. And he said, after all, I had permission, which he never did. <laughs> he, never, like, he just did it. All right, get on the grid. <laughs> minutes of it and you know what's going to happen they pick secretary and citation uh but it was a lot of fun it was nice to have a um an afternoon and evening of horse racing and you know it was enjoyable the the triple crown simulation race and it was nice to have uh some races from oakland on a saturday night you know charlatan ended up going off as a massive favorite one to five and very impressive run uh, by charlatan um we got lost in the shuffle there but we cashed the second race after uh camp you know when i i like nadal i didn't want to get in front of a horse that was uh three for three now making four for four yeah no good pick by you gabe uh, i put him in exotics but across the board my horse got boxed in farmington road and uh, uh he was one of the one i like a stone cold closer but that just said you said the most important thing off the top Bob Baffert is basically sitting with pocket aces going into the Kentucky Derby. Charlatan's in the Kentucky Derby. Nadal's in the Kentucky Derby. And I can tell you this, kind of like we talk about with people, guys, listen to the program before. If you have your books, I saw Charlatan at plus 550 and Nadal at plus 675 on one of my books. You could have got before those raises. I can guarantee you one thing. One of those horses goes off at two to one. The other one might be even. They will be two out of the three favorites in the Kentucky Derby, and you might have got them at five, six to one. So shopping ahead sometimes is smart, Gabe, but you said it, I say it, Bob Baffert, he is the king, and he's got two of the favorites in the race, and we haven't even done the Saratoga meet yet. Unbelievable stuff for Baffert's barn. Yeah, Charlatan um, went went wire to wire. Yeah, he's a uh, money horse. From the rail as well. He just That's took awesome. off and, mm -hmm. and never looked back. Very difficult to do 
against horses of that uh, quality. And, you know, Nadal, it was funny because Jerry Bailey stated before the race that, you know, Charlatan was going to win for sure, but I'm not sure about uh, Nadal. And if Me you too. remember, that was our thought process originally. And I ended up changing my mind. I was like, you know what? I think Nadal is going to win. I don't want to, like, get in front of this horse. And Bailey even brought it up. He goes, Charlatan's smoking everybody all the time. He goes, Nadal has won three races, but he barely won two times. Mm-hmm. He said he kind of got lucky and, you know, something bad happened to the other horses, etc. But once again, he proved how good he is. And even though Charlatan, like, went wire to wire and blew everyone away, Cam, Nadal actually ran slightly faster. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing, too, because to your point, some horses, they can't take a fight. Charlatan hasn't been in a fight. He's basically, right now, he's Nelson Muntz. He's the bully in the schoolyard. Ha ha, just beating you up. And who's going to step up to him? Is Bart going to throw some sand in his eye? What's going to happen? Because he hasn't been tested before. But Nadal took a punch a couple times. And you saw King Guillermo and a couple other horses down the stretch. He heard them come and he's like, don't worry about it. I got this. So that's something to be very, very uh, aware of. You have to understand when... Game Time Decisions continues. I am Gabriel Moranzi, SB Nation Radio. You can check us out. Follow us, Scotty Farrell, who goes coast to coast, four to six. We step up and in, six o'clock Eastern. Throw it down with the Raging Red and Ken Stewart. Sports Grid's Kevin Walsh and George Kurtz will join us later. We'll talk some more UFC and some NFL uh, football. Taking a look at this UFC card from Jacksonville. No fans allowed, but I'm going to tell you, they got a lot of fighters with bad intentions uh, on this card. Uh, bravo to Dana White and the UFC. Hell of a card that they put together uh, here. Uh, we talked about uh, Anthony Pettis and Cowboy Cerrone, who already fought each other before. And good eye by you, Ken. I like uh, Anthony Pettis a lot uh, in this fight. And I can't believe... I'm surprised it's not like minus 175 right now. But people respect uh, Cowboy. One thing about Cowboy is, too, you look at who he's lost to. Justin Gaethje's like a killer. All right? yes, like Justin is. Gaethje's <laughs> like, uh, it's like Mike Trout like hitting a baseball. When he punches you, it's the same sound. Gacy's a young killer. Um, Tony Ferguson. Amazing. Tony, yeah, Tony Ferguson's at the top of the food chain right now, below Khabib, uh, and obviously fighting Justin Gacy. And Conor McGregor. He got Conor McGregor in a comeback fight, and Conor was rested, and, you know, he got he got manhandled. He did. <laughs> Conor's there. We'll give him. We'll give credit to Connor too, Gabe. You can say what you want, and he's been really. A, it's amazing how the pandemic has changed. You don't. You talk about guys who used to be kind of acting like idiots, and now Connor's been good. He paid out the the uh, lawsuit monies. He apologized for stuff, and that's the thing. A motivated Connor McGregor. Let's call it out for what it is. He's one of the best in the world. Cowboy had no chance. No. I tell chance. you what. I know Connor, and I don't know him personally like I know like a lot of the other old school fighters. So I don't know Connor. I've had him on the show before. I know people close to him. Uh, but I've upset them with my negative comments about him. So I've been <laughs> cut out of that little loop uh, from years ago. Uh, hey, it is it is what it is, right? You don't make friends with salad. No. Um, and I'm still cool with them, but they're not going to let me know inside things anymore about yeah. Conor McGregor. But I can tell Conor pretty well, he looks real good right now. Yes, he does. Like this, this, this pandemic is like the best thing that could have happened for him. He can't go out to bars. He can't go out anymore. It's, it forced him to look in the mirror. And I've heard interviews in which he said that. He said, you know what? I realized, you know what I mean? I lost a couple of years here. <laughs> you know, like he, he also, he's tired of paying people off. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Every time you make money, it's like a, it's like a bunch of hands. Okay, seventy-five thousand for you, a hundred grand for you. It's yeah, like yeah. after a while, it's like Cletus on the Even Simpsons. More. He's, got, he's got a lot of mouths to feed, man. <laughs> Dana White, Dana White said uh, loosely. He goes, I think he's paid between ten and twenty mil. Oh yeah, yeah. Like loosely, like just basically. He's like, you guys don't even know, like some of the like other stuff. <laughs> yeah, he goes, yeah, somebody, like some of the things under the table payments here, and there, and he even admitted it. He even said, I'm tired. He goes, I'm tired of cutting checks for everybody all the time. Yeah. Right. Like he smacked the cell phone out of a guy's hand in Miami. He seems harmless enough, but yep, it is. You went up to the guy, threatened him, smashed his phone. You can't you do that. Yeah. Bottom yeah, line, he, he dropped it. charges after you cut him a check. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, you were on probation for throwing a dolly through a window. That's another thing. you thing. have to pay everyone off for. Yeah, yeah. And then, we can go down the list, right? Yeah. Um, punch, punch still the old guy. You don't like oh, my don't forget, whiskey. Yeah, he punched an old man in the face <laughs> in a bar. That's the best. Have a free shot of whiskey. Your whiskey sucks. Damn. <laughs> that was the one. That was the coming to Jesus moment. Yeah, before. it was. It was. I like, think I had an old man. He said when he watched it on film, he felt bad. He yeah. said, oh, my God, like, what am I become? <laughs> like, like he, he felt bad. That's the thing that he felt bad about. He goes, I can't believe I hit, like, a 72-year-old man in the face. Like, I agree. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do it. And the guy doesn't want to like, drink your whiskey, you know? It's just he, he's got his own plans. That's the thing. Uh, but you're right, Gabe. Like, I couldn't agree with you more, and we talk about it. Like, sometimes people need a situation to really slap them across the face and wake them up. This is, like, honestly, this is, like, church for him. Like, I, he, you think about it. Now, he's self-training at home. He gets to go over the mistakes that you made in his life. He said, can't get into trouble. It's perfect. And I wouldn't be messing with this guy. Oh, he's in great shape. You can tell he's not drinking. Yeah. yeah no. You can tell, like, you can, you and I know, right? The bloatedness and stuff, it's not yeah. there. Yeah. You can tell he's got color back. So you see, he got really pale. And you can tell he was always hungover. And you can just tell yeah. he was, like, you know, coming down off of other things and stuff. <laughs> and you can just tell he's focused now. I think he wants to box. There's, like, videos out of him, him looking really, really good. Uh, training. Okay, you got to give credit where credit's due. I'll criticize a fighter and I'll criticize a coach or a team yep. or a player, but I'll also say, hey, job well done. And you look at Conor McGregor, he was at the forefront. He did a video in Ireland in which he said, hey, I'm Conor McGregor. He, he put his fist into the screen. He said, wear a mask, stay inside. <laughs> right? yes. He said, this is serious. He didn't say, you know, it wasn't olden parties. Oh, no, 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 it's a joke. He did like a public service announcement. More than he acted like he was the prime minister, which he'll probably will be one day in Ireland. Okay. Yeah, you know, he did a video. He was sitting like a throne. He's like, I'm the king of Ireland, and I'm telling you, take this <laughs> seriously. Right? He goes, I know fights, and this is the biggest fight we've ever seen. Right? And I saw the other day, dude, the guy's donating 300000 to this hospital. He showed up the other day, bought lunch for all these nurses. That's awesome. His PR team's on fire right now. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, great, great, great point. And uh, that's the thing. And let's remember this about Connor, too. The sky's only up, right? He goes into a boxing fight against Mayweather and actually didn't look like a like that's the thing, Gabe. So think about it. You're oh, that was that these. was quickly on short. That's days. what I'm saying. Like this guy, imagine he gets more training and you could fine tune your craft. He was very very good before, and now that's the thing about this guy. He's a natural athlete and he picks up things quickly. And now with health, I think he's going to be very very dangerous. He's a guy. You know what? And remember that fight against. Uh, uh, Khabib, he was obviously, he looked, he he admitted, he was sick. He didn't look right. We even said it in the entrance. He looks very bloated. Right, he looks yeah. like he's got the flu. He looked so pale. I'd be, I'd be very, very careful messing with Conor McGregor moving forward. He's a different man.
Like, he wants to fight Floyd Mayweather again. Yes, he does. And, you know, listen, that was the lock of all locks, the lock of the century yeah. uh, that Floyd was going to win that fight. He would win, but if I was Floyd, I wouldn't do it now. I agree. Like, Connor's had, like, two, two and a half, three years of training of boxing. He's getting good at it. Um, he's a much younger man than you. He's in much better shape than you are right now. I know you're Floyd, and I mean this with all due respect to Floyd, great, you know, one of the greatest of all time. Um, but don't dance with the devil too many times, Floyd. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he might lose, you're right. He might lose this other time. Like, if he comes in cocky and stuff like that with Connor and his training, let's just say I wouldn't be laying it down on Mayweather the way we did before. Well, I remember last time you found out he went to the strip club. He mocked Connor by going to a strip club the night before the fight and stayed yeah. up until like five in the morning. Yeah. And and then he famously, dude, he took a picture. He he ate Burger King the day of the fight. Which fighters aren't supposed to do. No, right? like, no, no, no. He basically I'm, was saying, you're nothing. I'm going to eat like he, his pregame, like in the afternoon, he stopped off. Look, got me, got myself a couple of Whoppers here. Whoppers and fries. You know what I mean? Like, and he totally trolled him. I wouldn't be doing that again. No. Uh, but anyways, so uh, we, so as far as Cowboy Cerrone is concerned, one thing with Cowboy too, Cowboy doesn't deal well with bullies. No, he doesn't. Cowboy doesn't deal well with guys that just come right at him. You know what I mean? The guys didn't just say, let's go, like right away. Cowboy is successful when the other opponent is is worried of him, mm -hmm. right? You've got to keep your distance to Cowboy. He'll kick you. He's got good stand-up. He's got good submission. Cowboy Cerrone does everything well, but at the same point in time, he's much slower than he used to be. He doesn't like getting punched uh, in, in the body, all right? Some of these older dudes, Cam. It's a good point. They've, they've taken a lot of shots, bro. They're smart enough. They'd rather get punched in the face. Exactly. Like, it's a little tender there, man. The kidney area and stuff, they've been hit there a lot over the years, man. How many times Cowboy would need in, you know, in the ribs or punched in, in, in the kidney area? It's not fun, right? And other guys know that. And they go, they go for the body and stuff because mm -hmm. they know. You know these old guys don't like getting punched in the stomach, man. <laughs> so it's like a combo. <laughs> bang, bang, and then boom. And you'll see, oh, like the old guys, they hate getting punched in the stomach. Pettis knows this, bro. He's going to be trying to kick him with those it's straight leg a, kicks in the stomach yeah, and stuff. It's a good right matchup. Here. I think it's a really good matchup. For Pettis, yes. For Pettis, yeah. <laughs> I, like, that, that's the thing. So I'm going to bet it right now. I think Anthony Pettis at minus 140. Well, kind of tall and big. He's a big yeah. target for Pettis. And Pettis is really good at getting in and out, Ken. Yes. Like Pettis can come in like with a flurry and get out fast. His weakness is wrestlers. Cowboy's not a wrestler. It's a perfect fight for Anthony Pettis. I, I agree with you 100%. Gabe, literally, like, when we're done this uh, show, I'm betting on Anthony Pettis now before the odds go up. Uh, the odds for Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje are interesting. They're sort, of, they're, they're sort of locked in right now. Ferguson was a bigger favorite when they were supposed to fight on April the 18th. Well, it was supposed to be Khabib, obviously, but, um, you know, Gaethje got brought in. Gaethje wasn't even told it was rescheduled. Mm -hmm. uh, for May 9th, but he needs the money. He wants the money, and he's got a chance to uh, to really make a lot of money moving forward here and become the man if he's able to beat Tony Ferguson. It's going to be a really fun fight, uh, Cam. And, uh, and any time that I start to bounce back and forth on a fight, it's a bad deal. It's like betting a football game and you change your mind. Like, I, I was, you know, I originally was on Ferguson. I sort of slightly started to buy into uh, Justin Gaethje a little bit. And I'm trying to hold strong with Ferguson. Where are you standing right now? 
It's a great fight. Uh, the thing is, though, Gabe, it's very interesting, and you know these guys even better than me, but I won't bet against Tony Ferguson in this uh, situation. I think he was uh, ready for fighting. I think this guy also, too, is absolutely... You talk about Gaethje being a killer? Well, Tony Ferguson's insane, too. Like, you talk about ill will and intention. Ferguson is a guy... I, I'm just so impressed with everything that he does. I think Gaethje's going to get a, try to get a little bit too aggressive, and that's a bad move against a guy like Tony Ferguson. I think Ferguson will find a way to get it done, and uh, I will take him. I think, he, I, I think he can actually, like, really do some damage in this fight. I don't know what the line is right now. What is it, a buck 60? 170? 178. Yeah, 178. Yeah, it's about as high as I would go. Justin but I Gaethje's think... plus 150. See, you know what it is? That's one of those attractive underdogs. People are going to look at that and go, wow. I get Justin Gaethje at plus, like, 150, 155, and I'm not going to go down that road. I Gaethje, think Tony Ferguson is the pick. 18 knockouts and 21 wins. Oh, he's a killer. So you know what his intention is. But the thing is, he's very one-dimensional in that aspect. And it's funny because Gaethje's a good wrestler. He was a wrestler. Uh, so he can wrestle, but he doesn't. Like a lot of wrestlers, they don't. Like, he doesn't. Like, he really does believe in just going in there and fighting. And so does Ferguson. Jonas Ferguson, that's what makes it interesting. Neither of these guys, you know, we call this a phone booth fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not a lot of distance between the two of them. Like, neither of them are going to be, you know, scared to get in close. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game Time Decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenci throwing it down SB Nation uh, Radio. Shout out to everybody tuning in wherever you uh, may be. You can catch us weekdays at 6 o'clock Eastern following Scotty Farrell going coast at the coast. We'll talk some NFL football a little bit uh, later on. We're talking UFC uh, right now. Uh, we have some golf, uh, actually. Before we get back to the UFC, uh, the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart, <laughs> is a, a big uh, golf fan uh, and uh, golf better as well. And uh, we knew about Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Um, so uh, Tom Brady and uh, Tiger Woods, of course. Tom, uh, Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods versus Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. Now we have another skins game in the rotation, Cam, that we'll be able to bet on. Yeah, I find it really interesting, too. Like, Matthew Wolf is an up-and-coming player, but you look at the big names there, I'm like, I'm kind of surprised that he's in the mix. He's a, a Joe Ranieri guy, Oklahoma State Cowboy, won a tournament last year. Very, very good player who's going to be a young star like him and Colin Morikawa. Like the Ricky new breed. is, though, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, right? It's Ricky Fowler, Oklahoma State, Matthew Wolf, Oklahoma State. And then you got Rory McIlroy. I hate to say it. Can those I guys bet are... that they're going to be wearing orange and white, these guys? Oh, yeah, yeah. Could I, could I bet on them instead of winning, wearing Oklahoma State Cowboys all orange? I wonder <laughs> if Ricky's going to show up with a COVID-19 uh, COVID sponsor, sponsor. On, on the sleeve. Just a co-sponsor, COVID-19. <laughs> That'd be the best. Mike Gundy comes out as like one of their caddies. Hi right, guys, we're gonna play football. Yeehaw! Yeah. No, I'll tell you though, like you're gonna look at the odds there, Gabe, with McElroy. It's gonna be. They're probably gonna be. I would say in this match, minus three hundred. It's gonna yeah. be at least a three to one play. Like who's gonna bet on Fowler and Wolf? But it's interesting when you have guys who went to the same school. Uh, it might be an interesting well, play. Be like, I'll be on the underdog the thing as well. Is Ricky always loses all the time. <laughs> Ricky! Yes, he does. That's the best COVID-19 sponsor. You'll have a mask sponsor, yeah. Something, something else on the go, it's true. But yeah, golf's really trying to get it together. And they were uh, 
playing a practice round, Rory McIlroy at Seminole. So they were talking about all these things that are going on right now. It looks like they're really, uh, they're opening up for business right now with golf, right? These golf courses and uh, well, we're going to start have... playing golf for real oh, yeah. in June. Yeah. So these guys got to start to get some little bit of Correct. rounds in too, right? Correct, Gabe. Yeah, you said it. It's going to be interesting, but I will be taking the underdogs in that match because you're going to get significant value and anything's can, anything can happen in a, a skins format like that. But you and I talked about the the other skins um, in which that's a big weekend, Cam, actually. NASCAR is coming back the same weekend as Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy. Yeah. So it's Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy versus Ricky Fowler and uh, and Matt Wolf. Oh! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might be minus 400. Who's going to yeah, bet on these guys? Who's going to take Matt Wolf and Ricky Fowler against oh. Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy? We will, because we're going to hope for the best. You and me. <laughs> That's who. Any golf <laughs> teasers? Can I get, like, yeah. plus three? Yeah. Like, yeah, plus now, five and a half? Are you going to yeah. spot me something on That's this? The thing. You wanted three and a half rocks and curling? I almost want to give you four and a half balls. And <laughs> four and a half like playing. This is like playing with people that are better. There should be, like, a little bit of a handicap here. It's like, come on, guys. You You're Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy against a guy that always chokes and Ricky Fowler and a guy that no one's ever heard of and Matt Wolf before. Thing is, though, it's actually interesting for Wolf and Fowler. I will say this. You have Dustin Johnson, right? And him and Rory McIlroy, the problem with them is they both have the same strength, di driving yeah. distance. Ricky Fowler, for the one thing you say about him, he sprays it everywhere. But Matt Wolf, people don't know. I watch golf. He pummels the ball. He's one of the biggest hitters on tour. And Ricky has a good short game, Gabe. Let the play, let, let the players remember it's a team team format. So let them take the chalk, and we'll be sitting in the weeds with the Oklahoma State Cowboy underdogs there. And hopefully we can put some uh, brisket on the barbecue, baby, because I'll be taking the underdogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm you. You got me sold. I'm all fired up. Let's do it. This is what this uh, shutdown has got me. I'm actually excited. You would have told me this about this like oh, months like, ago. I would have been like, what? I don't know. What are you telling me this? I don't care. You know what I, these guys, this is the stupidest event I've ever heard of in my life. That's what I, I tell you. <laughs> I bring it up with a shingle. Why the hell are we talking about this stupid golf thing? It's a joke. And now you're like, hey, golf, hey, sports, sports coming back. It's something right. we can bet on. Yes. And I'm like, hey. And yes. like I said, NASCAR is going to be the same week, uh, same weekend from Darlington. And then a bunch, four NASCAR races, guys, in seven days, uh, including an Xfinity series, but three cup races and an Xfinity series race. Uh, so uh, we're going to start to actually, you know, game time decisions will be game time decisions again because yeah. we're going to have like midweek racing and stuff. So we're actually going to start to break down events like we are right now with the UFC. But I always like to bet on the underdogs when they won, when these skins games. Well, we talked about it last year. We cashed the ticket with Phil Mickelson uh, when he beat Tiger Woods. But we brought it up right now. Tiger Woods, um, Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning are the team. So Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning against uh, Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. And Tiger Woods and Manning are minus 200. And I think you and I agree. I think they're going to win. Ty if Tiger lost last time, I think about it differently. Mm -hmm. It's tougher. Phil is going to have Tom Brady uh, holding him back this time. <laughs> yeah, Phil Mickelson, too. It's one of those things that he can't help himself, right? It's just, uh, I think it's a great situation for Tiger. Tiger lost to Phil before, and he was winning in that match, and he kind of took his foot off the pedal. And that's the thing. Phil loves to fleece guys in cash games and stuff, but to actually beat Tiger Woods again, and we also bring up the quarterbacks. In my opinion, 
Peyton Manning is a little bit better than Tom Brady in golf, so you're getting a better golfer in Tiger Woods. Phil Mickelson, who hits it everywhere all over the golf course, he's got to worry about Brady, and Peyton Manning has more time on his hands to perfect his game. And you don't think Tiger and and and, and uh, Manning want to beat Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson this time? Tiger's not losing twice to Phil Mickelson. I will be betting on them. I don't care if it's minus 200. Give me Tiger and give me Manning. Well, I tell you what, I will be one of the fans, actually, I'm going to be a snitch uh, for once. Snitch, snitch. Going to keep my eye closely on Brady and on, uh, oh, yeah. and on Phil oh, between the two ball. of you. Good any, golf def- any special golf balls in the bag there, Tommy boy? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, before, of- I'm dead serious. I'd like look before and just say, uh, which one's yours, Brady? You know I mean? agree. I agree. Tiger and Manning should check out their bags, make sure they're playing like a title of six instead of a nine the other way. Yeah, Phil's got... See, uh, you know Brady just dropping a ball out of his pocket. Hey, guys, here I found my ball. Hey, look, it's right here. Hey, guys, yeah, guys, it's right under the rock. Hey, I can play it. I can play it. Yeah, sure you can. No, you said it, man. When no one's looking, Phil's going to be, like, moving the ball closer to the hole with his foot. Hey, no one noticed, huh? That's such a good point. Like, Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Like you want these guys have been caught. They're the cheater duo. I know. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, I watched Phil Mickelson. My guy's ball's going, like, 50, 100 yards out of bounds. Hey, what a break. Tiger Woods. I I thought at first, uh, Tiger Woods and Tom Brady, kind of the pair. Yeah, it's uh, kind of weird, right? It's like no, Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. Yes, yes, that's the the the, the team. I don't got to go. Team Shane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be very careful. You're right, Gabe. We got to search their golf bag. I don't know what the hell's going on in there. Yeah, golf is like the one sport we're fan, but this isn't a PGA sanctioned event. But I'm watching them closely. I got my eye on both of you guys. <laughs> Next time when Phil when Phil retires from the scene, it's going to be Patrick Reed and Brady. That's going to be the next uh, the next comp. <laughs> so, so golf golf uh, golf is coming back. You got to be pretty fired up about that and excited about that. I am, Gabe. It's going to be interesting too. Like golf with no fans, it's going to take a lot. Of, I, I'm going to tell you, advantage underdogs. A lot of the big hitters, you know, they've gotten away with crowds and galleries before. Little foot wedge here. Oh, my ball's in play here. When there's nobody there, there's nobody to save them from that ball going into that ravine or that tree or the long grass. So I think a lot of guys be very, very wary of guys who spray the ball and try to find good, accurate drivers of the golf ball off the tee because now you don't have the marshals to, to help you out when things go wrong, right? You got to keep that ball in play. So a very lot of the big hitters spray it. I told the story. I played. Um, I played that day a Freddie Couples uh, course, El Diablo, the wow. El Diablo, and uh, it was the morning after a Skins game. John Daly, I think Tiger was there, was big time in Montreal, and you know the radio station I was on at the time was like the sponsor, and they threw uh, they threw us a bone, and I played the next day, and Cam. I hit the grandstand. It was actually fun hitting the grandstand. <laughs> Bam, bing, like you know what I mean? Like boom. Like it was the I played the Monday morning after the stands were still up. I hit the grandstand probably like ten times, bro. Like yeah. I got saved. Like once I got it was it was really funny. Once it hit it and it literally rolled right on the green for me. Perfect. But a lot of other times it was like ding 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 and it would like disappear and stuff. It's so true, and man. As you stated. Even these pros, they get saved often by the grandstand, by the fans on the side where the ball would hit them and it'll stop. They're going to end up a lot of these guys on the other hole, actually, like normal people do sometimes. You know what I mean? They're going to yep. put it like so much to the left over the trees, it'll be on the other fairway. I'm telling you, it's something to cap, and I'm going to keep an eye on it. But you don't want guys that are very inconsistent off the tee. It's a problem. 
because uh, and the more popular players too, right? They had galleries following. This is bad news for them. I'm going to tell you, Gabe, the golfers aren't going to like this. The guys who are the best players in the world will not like it without the fans. Know who will? Just the steady grinders, kind of the guys in the middle of the pack who actually keep it in play and just go about their business. So it's going to be really interesting to see who wins these tournaments, no fans. You know what? I wasn't planning on talking about this, but some spontaneous talk here, and you brought it up uh, before about, you know, they're playing golf, and I'm looking at FanDuel uh, right now, FanDuel, New Jersey, uh, which is also, and uh, shout out to everybody in, uh, in Colorado. Uh, FanDuel open for business in Colorado. Got it. Right well, now. Colorado, they oh, got you're damn right. What's there not to like about that state? Here's now? Colorado. Bud tenders, check. You know, beer tender, yeah, bartender, check. Now, now what do you got? Game tender? Like you said a game, it's got gambling, it's got smoke, and yeah, it's got the drink. Yeah, Colorado. Uh, if I can get a cheap place there, marijuana, gambling, yeah. too bad for Colorado. It's Denver Broncos. Problem is, Gabe, we'd have to go to like a town outside. Like it's a little bit out of my price range. Like West Virginia seemed more economical to me, but Colorado's got a lot to offer. You can't afford Colorado. I can't afford Colorado. I can't afford Colorado. There's a cactus tour. You know anything about the cactus tour? Yeah. Desert yeah. Canyon. Uh, yeah. Cactus tour. Women's golf. Mina Mina Harrigay is uh, plus one twenty-five. I don't know these players. Sophia Popoff. Where's Haley Moore? Haley Moore is five to one. So what's this? This is like the uh, the Q League for uh, the Q Tour for like the women's tour. Yeah, I bet one of them, and I actually won with Haley Moore at six to one. I'm gonna She's go back plus to her. five hundred right oh, now. This this girl can play, man. University of Arizona uh, hits it a mile. Uh, yeah, it's basically I made one bet on her and I won. I started to, I I had my bet three six account five account at zero, and I had like forty bucks. I'm trying to build it back up with her, but uh, you know with the ponies game, I'm telling you, watch out for her. Arizona Wildcat, very good player. So yeah, it's not the LPGA Tour. These are women who play good college golf, like some of the best college golfers. This is before they step up to the LPGA. And uh, Haley Moore at that price, I'm going to put probably 20 bucks, 30 bucks on her, hope for the best. I like that price, five to one. She's good. And I'll tell you what, you talk about, uh, so Haley Moore, Cam's on top of this. You talk about Haley Moore, this tournament, Cam, the Desert Canyon Golf Classic in Scottsdale, Arizona. Ding, 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 ding. You got that right, buddy. That's the thing, man. You talk about it. Horses for courses, knows the area, knows the type of grass. This is a very, very good situation, and you're getting a price on a woman that's already won on the tour before. I think that is a very, very good... Hey, there's... And the thing about this tour, game is it's not like the PGA Tour where, like, 60 guys a week can win. I'd say there's about five or six women that can win this tournament, so you really have the cream... For, like, it separates, like, the best players on this tour and everybody else, there's a big, big gap of separation. Um, so yeah, we talked a little women's golf. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> hey, that's what we do on the show. We'll surprise you. I did not see Cactus Tour ladies golf in on the skend. <laughs> uh, we got less than a minute left here, but let me ask you, you going to get out this summer and play a little golf? Yeah, we got to get out there, Gabe. It's been a long time. My game's horrible, but you know, just to get some fresh air, hit some balls, I will. And I'll go to a cheap course too. I'll go with my buddy Forbes. We'll drive up to Welland and play for 20 bucks instead of a hundred bucks. We'll make the trip. The one thing, golf courses have been uh, been pretty busy. People want to get out there. It's fine. You can get out there and socially distance and uh, and play golf uh, relatively. Like I think it's, it's more dangerous waiting in line at the grocery store than yes, it is. Yes, it is. Playing around a golf, right? I am right, it is. You are. Um, yeah, you know, that's a little thing, too. So I'm glad to see that things are loosening up a little bit. At least people can play golf and uh, enjoy the outdoors during these difficult times. Uh, but, hey, as we're finding out on Game Time Decisions right now, 
Uh, we've got sports, man. You know what I mean? We've got some women's golf if you're a real degenerate and hardcore. <laughs> we've got the UFC. We'll get back to the UFC. We'll get some football talk. Uh, get to the questions of the day and everything else in between. Game time decisions continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Game time decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenci throwing it down with the Raging Redhead Cam. Stuart George Kurtz will step up a little bit later on. We'll talk some Dallas Cowboys uh, football with Colonel Kurtz, Portrait Varios. Kevin Walsh will join us. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles in the house. We'll talk some NFC East and uh, some other tidbits as far as the National Football League is concerned. Uh, me and Cam talked a little bit about the NFL, mostly that uh, there'll probably be no beer. Uh, being sold at NFL games for the near future, even when fans do uh, return in a limited uh, limited capacity. But, uh, you know, we've spent so much time over the last couple of months every day breaking down these teams uh, and leagues' plans. It's nice to actually talk about fights. we got some fights coming up. Uh, we have some golf uh, coming up. And uh, we've got some NASCAR uh, coming up. So we talked about it a couple of minutes ago. Uh, Dustin Johnson and uh, Rory McIlroy teaming up in a skins game against Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolf, two Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, they're going to be playing in, in Florida. That's going to be um, the weekend of the 16th and the 17th, the same weekend that NASCAR uh, officially comes back. So this Saturday, uh, we've got UFC. And then the following Saturday, NASCAR uh, is going to be in the mix. So it's really nice to have NASCAR back. And just in case you're wondering... NASCAR's not just back, it's back, baby. Like, we're talking back, back. Like, back, back, back. So, uh, basically, Sunday, uh, May 17th. So, uh, Sunday, May 17th, 3.30, Darlington. And then uh, Wednesday, Darlington, 7.30 at night. And then Sunday, the Coca-Cola, uh, 600 uh, from Charlotte. So, uh, you got three races in a span of seven days in a cup series. And there's an Xfinity series mixed in on the Tuesday night in there as well that you can bet on. So there's going to be four races uh, in there. We talked about the data, Cam, right? You know, we're going to have data because you're, they're going to be racing in Darlington, Darlington, and Darlington. Three races <laughs> in a row, two Cup Series and an Xfinity, an Xfinity Series uh, race there. So we're going to have some nice data there. Hopefully we can cash some tickets. Uh, but it's nice to have live sports coming back. And we talked about it. I didn't notice there was no fans at the Arkansas Derby. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? Horse racing, you don't need fans in the stands. We're worried about what the horse is running. And you said with NASCAR, these guys aren't just coming back, man. That's a full sched. You've basically gone zero to 60 in a couple, uh, uh, you know, in a few days. You got four events per week, Dave. So they're really coming out of the gate hot. And uh, hopefully you got some picks for me. I know Engel used to give me the old uh, NASCAR fantasy uh, lineup, but we're going to have some bets and hopefully hit some winners. Yeah, I know we've got Charlotte Motor Speedway. Sunday, May 24th, Wednesday, May 27th. 